KTFA. It's Upfront, a statewide collaboration that brings you information that matters. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. right after Democracy Now! Keep it locked to KPFA 94.1 FM in the Bay Area, KFCF 88.1 FM in the Central Valley, or listen online at kpfa.org. I'm Brian edwards Teekert. See you at 7. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of sight this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw today is March the 22nd 2016. It's still International Women's Month. I think that means I can do whatever the hell I want. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think I, I really wanted to do something heavy today and tear myself away from this incredible, incredible nonsense on television. That stuff gets me into a complete dither. I was forced to go to my shelf, you know, with all the feminist books and try to make sense of, oh, it isn't any use, it isn't any use. Uh, What, same old, same old, deja vu. Everybody wants to get into the act. Ah, they were all jumping around, tearing each other apart. It was like a soccer match there at the, uh, I guess there are the speeches. Uh, I don't know, infantile behavior is probably... Uh, not the worst thing, although I, I like it better when it's the British Parliament, at least. At least they're still working, um, with language. You know, I, I remember back in the day, back in the day, <laughs> the fuss over, over politicians. This past Friday night, I was, uh, doing a, a little reading at a place called Sconehenge, and, uh, we were celebrating the, 50th, 60th anniversary of the reading of Howl, Allen Ginsberg's Howl, was first read in the little theater there on the corner of Shattuck and Stewart. So we did it all again. We read it again. <laughs> One gentleman read part of it in Swedish. I like that. Anyway, uh, it seemed like a good thing to do. I was amazed at the, uh, the wave of nostalgia that came over me. I I cannot believe that 60 years ago I was 
right there in that space, entirely different state space then, of course. Um, I think uh, the most political play we did there was uh, uh, Ibsen's Enemy of the People, rewritten by Arthur Miller, updated. Fascinating that the uh, play was... <laughs> So contemporary, written in the 1890s, and it's all about uh, poison in the water. Sounds pretty, <laughs> pretty now, right? A, a local doctor in this small town, uh, he wants uh, them to clean up their act, but the city fathers, pillars of the community, won't have it. I remember I played the wife. Anyway. David Carradine was one of the pillars of the community. He must have been 21. Never mind. Uh, uh, it was it was fun. A good time was had by all. And I guess there's nothing wrong with nostalgia. Uh, it's just that, uh, yes, I'm afraid I don't think time passes. I think we do. <laughs> that's, that's it. Right. Uh, I remember... In the 1950s, Adlai Stevenson, that was the first time I paid attention to the political brouhaha. I remember the people I knew, they bickered about uh, Adlai Stevenson's style. They didn't think he was a man of the people, you know. What do we say these days? He didn't, didn't look like the kind of fellow you'd want to have a beer with. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt drove with him through Harlem, I think it was, and uh, uh, he was not comfortable. She saw that he couldn't respond to the people who approached the car, you know, he couldn't reach out and touch someone, and she said that's when she knew that he wasn't going to win the election. <laughs> anyway, in those days we called them eggheads, the intellectuals, the... Uh, what Woodrow Wilson types, yes. Uh, back in the day, um, I think, yes, Harry Truman was the epitome of the ordinary man. Um, I guess, I guess this present situation, I keep saying it's either a Roman farce or a Greek tragedy. Uh, I guess it's serious. I guess it's real. I'm still unable to get my mind around it uh it just doesn't really seem real a lot of a lot of the pundits are saying that it's serious that the dark birds of history are hovering over us that the shadow of fascism looms uh, uh who said history doesn't repeat itself uh i think yes i think history doesn't repeat itself but the people do <laughs> with the same same uh personalities and psychologies and pathologies uh people find themselves in new situations i don't think the soil is right for the kind of uh, fascist scene we had in the 1940s nevertheless uh, <laughs> you know Science is always making improvements and things. Maybe they'll figure out a way to do it. Uh, the tech, the tech boys will do it. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't think, I don't think uh, I can give any more time and thought to this political nonsense on account of because it gives me a headache. 
And I think that those of us of a certain age should not be required to uh, pay attention. I think that what we need to do is cheer ourselves up and find something we can put our hand to. As I said, I went to my shelf and I pulled down, oh, Jermaine Greer and Kate Millett and all the... Uh, Feminists, what they call the second wave, uh, not today's feminists, uh, although many of these women are still alive, but the ones that, the ones that sparked my uh, thoughts in the 1970s, uh, right, they're the ones that came to my mind last Friday night, looking at all these kind local Berkeley folks with their you know, gray ponytails. I'm looking here at a little book I brought called Fighting Words by Robin Morgan. Robin Morgan was a very special feminist, wrote for Ms. Magazine. Gloria Steinem was her, uh, let's say her, her mentor? No, she was a, a, a promoter, right. Gloria Steinem. Fighting words, a toolkit for combating the religious right. I love these, these little books, you know. Uh, I think we need these bumper stickers, these slogans. Nobody has time to read an essay anymore. They just say, well, tell me about it. Uh, let's see, on the back of Robin Morgan's little book, uh, Fighting Words, uh, there are Kind, kind words from Lily Tomlin and Jane Wagner. Jane Wagner is Lily Tomlin's uh, companion and the writer uh, who does her stuff, you know. Uh, Search for Intelligent Life in the Universe was <laughs> Jane Wagner's magnum opus. She wrote it for Lily Tomlin. Anyway, uh, they take. They take a few words from the boys, the founding fathers, uh, put them on the back of the book. Thomas Paine, quote, My own mind is my church. Is it Alice Walker says, I don't have it in front of me, paraphrase. She said, uh, any God I found in church, I brought in with me. Uh, here's James Madison. He says, religious bondage shackles and debilitates the mind. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Question with boldness even the existence of a God. Now, <laughs> this, uh, this nonsense about uh, America being a Christian country... Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's a little too late to deliver a liberal education to these politicians. Uh, obviously, they're not interested. Uh, nevertheless, sometimes I mail them little copies of, uh, oh, well, Thomas Paine. I think he's the best. Send him a little uh, postcard, folks, and remind them uh, just exactly what it means to be a public servant in these United States. Uh, let me read you a page of Robin Morgan, just because uh, she, she, what is it? She says it the way I do, but I don't want to, I don't want to uh, uh, take her words away. She uh, actually 
she and Carolyn Gage wrote the best little handbooks. Uh, Carolyn Gage uh, has this wonderful little collection of essays to cheer you up. Uh, I'll bring that next time. Anyway, Robin Morgan's introduction to fighting words uh, says, It is happening here. <laughs> oh, God. This is, now this is... Uh, written at least ten years ago. Uh, she says, Are you muttering to yourself a lot lately? Do you gnash your teeth? Shout at your TV set? Compare incredulous notes with friends? Do you try to laugh at it all? Or maybe deal with it by sending a check to an organization? Do you feel yourself wearying from the dogged assaults of our homegrown American Taliban, chafing at cynical political manipulations of personal faith, hardening with indifference at the familiarity of Orwellian doublespeak. <laughs> she gives a list of the the latest. Uh, well, in those days, it was Newt Gingrich, Orrin Hatch. Oh, yes. Orrin Hatch said, quote, Capital punishment is our society's recognition of the sanctity of human life. My absolute favorite was, let's see if I can remember, Newt Gingrich came out and he took Martin Luther King's words about uh, people being judged on the content of their character. And, of course, Newt Gingrich used that line to... Uh, uh, to fight affirmative action. <laughs> anyway, you can you can twist these slogans to mean just about anything. Uh, Robin Morgan goes on. She says, "Do you feel helpless as it keeps getting worse?" As I write this in May 2006, right, ten years ago. It no longer seems such a mystery that Europe's dark ages could affirm superstitions that empowered the church while eradicating knowledge of how to build aqueducts, safely deliver or abort a pregnancy, uh, construct indoor plumbing, practice sophisticated herbal medicine, or simply to read and write. Today, science in the United States, once a world leader in virtually every research field, is under intense assault from the extreme religious right. <laughs> uh, no matter how vast the scientific consensus that fossil fuels constitute a principal factor in climate change, <laughs> yes, Bush still won't sign. Aha. Ah, Kyoto Protocol. You know how it is, folks. It doesn't change, you see. It's all, all the same. Nothing really changes. Just what, just the costumes. Anyway, she goes on to list the cuts in the health budget. Uh, Okay, the HIV prevention spending, that's cut, 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 cut. Uh, the uh, uh, money, yes, abstinence until marriage programs are funded, but the government does not wish to fund programs that support condom use. Uh, I remember 
looking up a few years ago, uh, there's a dollar and 49 cents for what was called a birthing kit. Something that would help a woman deliver a baby without uh, uh, infection, you know, some little safety device, but... Uh, <laughs> This was cut, dollar and forty-nine cents. I think of the mosquito nets that would help us today. Uh, this new virus, Psyche, right? Uh, anyway, more and more she has here on the Federal Drug Administration Center for Disease Control. Um, they are being squeezed and assaulted by the religious conservatives. Uh, I, I just find it not. Not just fascinating, but uh, my my I grind my teeth when I watch these guys saying that they will not allow the president to be the president because he's uh, in his last year in office. That I just don't understand how that can happen. There must be some laws. Uh, anyway, Robin Morgan goes on. Uh, Let's see, there's something here, a wonderful lecture. Reverend Franklin Graham's lecture. Faith-based solutions to AIDS. Wow. Uh, the Dark Ages indeed. <laughs> the Crusades thrown in to boot. Check Mesopotamia. Okay, um, then some stuff here about the Danish newspaper. You remember the man, Theo van Gogh, who was killed because he uh, made a film, the film that knocked me over this month. Uh, it won the Oscar for foreign films called A Girl in the River. It was about honor killings. And sometimes I wish I hadn't seen certain things unless I can take a plane and go over there and uh, throw something. Uh, that one, A Girl in the River, it was about an hour long. The girl's father, he had tried to murder her along with uh, her uncle, the two of them. She had disobeyed and uh, married someone to whom she was engaged. But the uncle decided that it was marriage was no good. The young man was poor and he wanted uh, his niece to marry uh, his rich brother-in-law. Anyway, uh, the father, after being allowed uh, to go free... She had no choice but to forgive him, otherwise uh, the community would uh, be, what is it, uh, bollocked up. The cabal of men in the village said that uh, the only way for life to go on, you know, would be for her to forgive her father. Um, she said she did not forgive him in her heart. But the scene in which the father explains how he has upheld his honor, how generations to come will respect and honor him for uh, his behavior, uh, and that his other daughters, the other young women in the family, now they will know, they will recognize uh, what it's all about makes your blood run cold. I must try not not to do that hand-wringing thing that I seem to be doing. Uh, okay, uh, hung for witchcraft. Okay, I'll save the rest of Robin Morgan. Uh, one of these days we can talk about the gentleman that uh, President Obama is trying to uh, 
put on the Supreme Court. It's so, what is it? Uh, it's so upsetting. I'm pushed back into my own little hole, my spiritual retreat. Yes, go to the gods. <laughs> go to the poets. A lot of good that does. Uh, finally, late, late last night, I picked up my little book, Celtic Magic. Yes, Celtic Magic. And I thought, maybe, maybe there is something to uh, psychic, psychic power. I Let me read you just a few lines from these ancient Celtic, uh, I guess we call them prayers. I will call them rituals. Uh, here it is. The, the great goddess is being evoked. And uh, the woman says, as the grape undergoes change to become wine, so by the sacred cauldron of life, shall I undergo change, as this wine can give man enchantment of the divine or sink him into the lower realms. So I do realize that all humans rise or fall according to their strength and will. As in the bread and wine, so it is with me, within all forms is locked a record of the past, a promise of the future. For I know that every seed, every grain, is a record of ancient times and a promise to all of what shall be. And the prayer goes on, you know, you eat a piece of bread and you drink a little wine. And I pick up Edna St. Vincent Millay who writes, Wine from these grapes I shall be treading. I shall be, <laughs> yes, treading morning, noon, and night until I die. I call upon the Blessed Lady, Queen of the Harvest, the giver of life. Since before time began, she gives life and plenty. I ask her to bestow joy, beauty, power, prosperity. And she goes on to ask and ask. Um, <laughs> I don't know why lately. I just retreat. History is my history is my home. Uh, I think. I look at these young people and I think, of course, they're with Bernie Sanders because they have the, uh, they have the passion, the warmth, uh, the fire, fire in the belly that I had when I was their age. Uh, on the other hand, being uh, my age, I look at Hillary Clinton and, uh, I have to say, uh, I am moved. She, well, she just keeps smiling. I hope she doesn't get into a dither. I wish she had more uh, women, sisters uh, around her. She seems so alone out there. Uh, never mind. Once again, no hand-wringing. Uh, 
I'm just going to open a book of my own and go all the way back to the time. Well, it isn't quite as far back as we went last Friday night. That was back to 1956. I think I'll go back to something around 1976. Yes, just pluck out, yes, pluck out a page and see, see what it was all about back in the day. I was born in 1933, the day Prohibition was repealed. A national holiday, right, yes, December the 5th, 1933. Everyone got drunk. The nurses brought my mother gin in a finger bowl. Uh, 1933 was also the height of the Great Depression. I always thought there's a distinct relationship between alcoholism and depression. A brain boiled in booze goes soft. The bottom falls out. Of course, the Great Depression was the economic depression of the 1930s in which I was born not the psychic depression of the 1970s in which I live today. Between that depression, the economic, and this, the psychic, there was World War II. Before that war, it was the money that mattered. After that, it was the mind that gave us trouble. I've been worming into the period of World War II during the last few years writing poems about Dresden, Dunkirk, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Knossos in Crete, and Nebraska, the Nile River, Calvary, Buchenwald, and Britain. In Britain, there was Winston Churchill. He demanded an unconditional surrender, so the war went on. On. Those were the years of my nymphhood, the period between the age of dolls and the age of despair. I did not understand that the loss of my personal innocence was a national or world phenomenon as well. It's the microcosm and the macrocosm, right? Oh, not that corruption and evil were anything new, only that they were happening to more people at the same time than ever before, footnote here. And look what the Internet has done. Yes, I go on. Uh, never before had so many suffered so much for so little, they say. Never before had there been so much collective guilt, that sort of thing. Well... Not Truman, not the scientists, the Nazis, or anyone people knew about. Who to blame? I mean, they didn't know what the bomb would do until they tried it out. Yes, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I felt the same way about the things happening in my life. I wanted to do it my way just to see what would happen. I did. Later on, I told the story any way it suited me. I made it up just the way history is made up. If history is the collective 
prejudices of the ruling class at any given time, in any given age, then my story is the private lie I present to the world. Why is it then that the world and I have come back to a sense of sin? And I go on to uh, draw some pretty tough conclusions here. I'm reading to you from a little piece. It's at the end of my drinking days. <laughs> Men have tried to master the earth, tried to save the earth, help each other. We can't just leave anything the hell alone. The ancient people warned us. The artists warned us. We eat of the tree and we die. This has been Jennifer Stone. Till next week at the same time, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Did you know that Vandana Shiva, the physicist, environmental thinker, global activist for food and gender justice, that Vandana Shiva was recently bizarrely attacked by the New Yorker magazine? KPFA will ask her about this on April 27th, a Wednesday, when she'll present a major speech, Feeding the World, in Berkeley at the First Congregational Church, 2345 Channing Way. She'll also be signing her big new anthology, Seed Sovereignty, Food Security, Women, in the vanguard of the fight against GMOs and corporate agriculture. This momentous gathering, a benefit for KPFA and Navdanya Institute, hosted by KPFA's Janine Etter, is wheelchair accessible. Advanced tickets at brownpapertickets.com or indie bookstores. More info on kpfa.org for April 27th. 